Hello from ABA Tech Show 2018 in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Lawrence Galetti. Chuki Obio. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. So excited. Uh, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite topics. And so it's LinkedIn. You know, I use LinkedIn as currency for booking interviews. It's a, I, I literally use it every day of my life working at Legal Talk Network. Twitter is another one I use. I kind of use them in tandem together to, to do my job. And it is such an amazing, amazing connection tool, but it's very underutilized. And I suspect, based on my conversation with Dennis Kennedy from the Kennedy Mile Report, that I am not doing a good job building my connections or posting articles. So we have a couple of experts here. And I want to turn the microphone over to Chuki Obio. And I want to get your bio. Where do you work? What do you do? Perfect. So it's a pleasure to be on the Legal Talk Network. I work as a consultant, working with legal professionals to really leverage their social networks for better business development. And I've got experience working at LinkedIn. I actually helped to establish a legal practice at LinkedIn where we really sought after large law firms to ensure that they used LinkedIn to drive not just their client identification strategy, but also their client acquisition strategy. So real excited to be on. And prior to LinkedIn, of course, I'm a you know, former lawyer. And uh, I love marrying up my legal skills with my sales skills. And it's, uh, again, pleasure to be here. So uh, this is Dennis Kennedy. He's one of our hosts. That's a full disclaimer. And uh, you're not often on this side of the microphone, sir. No, I'm not. It's, it's, it's kind of fun to be interviewed. So I'm uh, the co-host of the, the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network. I do a number of, of different things, but probably most relevant for this show is I uh, co-authored a book on LinkedIn in one hour for, for lawyers. And, uh, and I've, I have a whole bunch of... Uh, I've done a whole bunch of science experiments on LinkedIn that uh, I've turned into strategies. So LinkedIn fans, we could not be in better hands today. All right, guys, I want to hit my first question here. So, uh, you know, I'm always trying to grow my connections on LinkedIn. Like I said, these make it easier for me to book shows, makes it easier for me to uh, establish phone calls, you know, get things started, scheduled. People see who I know. And, and truly, it's like, a, it's like someone's vouching for you. You know, when I, get a, when I get a connection request, even if I haven't met the person, like in person, uh, people to people, you know, if they know some of my circle, I'm very likely to accept it, especially if they work for a company that I know. So let's start with that. You know, I want to build my my uh, my following or my connections. And I know Dennis, you had a, a banner year. You went from how, how you went. You're what? Around, a little over seven thousand right now. But I'm right around seven thousand. And uh, where, where where were we up from? About two thousand. About two thousand. And how long did that take you to get there? Mm, not quite a year. But I but I've been on uh, LinkedIn since the beginning, since since two thousand three. So but, this is recent then. Yeah, and this was a science ex- experiment in a lot of ways. But I I, I learned a lot. So. When I talk to lawyers about LinkedIn, uh, Clayton Christensen has this this uh, theory called uh, job to be done theory. And so it really comes down to what are you hiring a technology or a service to do for you? And so I think you want to step back and say, what am I hiring LinkedIn to do? So you're going to make some basic decisions. Do I want quality of contacts or connections? Do I want quantity? What what are the ranges? And then both, when, all, uh, all of it. Once you have that, then you can start to use more tactical approaches. But I think getting a good handle on what do I want to get from LinkedIn? I'd say, what are you hiring LinkedIn to do? Is a great way to get started. Well, let's start with that. So, Chuki, uh, you know, the tactical approaches to getting more followers. What are some of the methods you recommend? Absolutely. One of the first things that 
all practitioners can do is take their law firm website bio and place that on LinkedIn. It gives your expertise points, and one of the recommendations that we have from a LinkedIn perspective is to actually place that from a third-person commentary to a first-person commentary. It personalizes your value proposition, and then it also drives the message for why they should hire you or you know, why you should, in some ways, join their professional networks or have them join your professional network. Well, I can I can vouch for that. I mean, just I mean, this is a totally different application. But when we're looking for experts, I've actually brought people onto the show based on a LinkedIn connection. I saw, you know what? I remember seeing somebody like that recently connected with them, and I just go right through and I get a nice little summary of their bio, and then from there, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely going to be a subject matter expert. And so, uh, you know, I guess my next question, kind of related to that, you know, in terms of the strategy, you know, I spend like sometimes at night. I'll like be in my bed with my phone, you know, and I'll just kind of uh, go to my network and then I'll see people that are like related to some of my connections. And so I'll put out a request. And I don't know if that's like phishing or what it is, like LinkedIn phishing, but that works for me. So just in terms of like specific activities that people can take away, plug into their LinkedIn accounts, start building those connections, what do you guys recommend? So there's two, so your approach is an interesting one. I, I think it's sort of like the uh, one of the, in terms of powerfulness, if I can use that word, it's like a little bit down the list. So what I experimented, so two things I like doing now, and it's similar to what you do, is I decided that after 13 or so years, LinkedIn must be doing a good job of algorithms. And so who they suggest that you link to might start to be pretty good. And so I started to look at that, look at the people, say, are these people I know or that I would like to know? And since LinkedIn is suggesting them, I drop them a connection. And the return on that is actually really good. The other thing that I've done is that when somebody follows me on Twitter and they seem relevant to me or somebody I want to know, I immediately send them a LinkedIn connection. And the conversion rate on that is also extremely high. So what you're doing is good, but it's kind of labor intensive to me as, a, as opposed to some other things. It's better than counting sheep, Dennis. It certainly is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about, how about you, Juki? Absolutely, so you mentioned connection requests, and I think it's important for everyone to note that you should personalize your connection requests. You know, think of it as, you know, meeting someone at a dinner party, you wanna present why they should be part of your network and why you should be part of their network. So sending blanket connection requests probably doesn't yield the types of results that, you know, you might be looking to yield, Lawrence. Just, you know, side note. Okay. Right, especially if you're, if you're not well-known yourself. So sometimes if, if you're well-known and you drop a connection request on somebody, you can get away without personalizing it. But I think for me, if you just send the default invitation, it's, it's difficult. I have to make an assessment, that sort of thing. That raises some, some issues. Uh, I think especially for females with the unsolicited, you know, like unpersonalized thing. I haven't had a problem with it. Like I, it's, uh, but, <laughs> but, but no, it is, it, that's, that, is a, that is a real thing. But if you would say, send me an invitation that says, I loved you on the podcast. Oh, yeah, it's, I agree. it's 100% yeah. guaranteed yes. that you're, I'm going to link to you. No, no, I agree with that. And, and I, that's oftentimes, uh, you know, uh, after every conference, you know, I get I pile up cards and I'll reach out to people via LinkedIn or I'll send them an email or whatnot. And, and oftentimes, uh, you know, depending on the settings with LinkedIn, you got to send it to an email, the, the connection request. But uh, yeah, you know, one of, this is just like kind of my like rules of the road. So, um, when I kind of got onto LinkedIn, the first thing I did was reach out to everybody I know personally 
And then that was my, my first network. And then from there, I kind of connected with like companies I knew. And I follow everybody. You know, I'm not a LinkedIn snob. And so <laughs> I follow, I, I go, I do connection requests. Like, uh, I'm just going to use Clio because they're, uh, they're sponsors of the network. You know, I'll reach out to everybody on Clio because they work there and we know people that know each other. And so I reach from there. And it's amazing just how that spiders out into other connections. And then, so that's kind of one of the things I do. Once I know one person, and I suddenly know five. Yeah, you can you can you can build out an organization that you're interested in, and then sort of leverage those connections. So if you're uh, outside counsel and you know the general counsel, and you're able to connect because they're active on LinkedIn, I guarantee it becomes really easy for when you reach out to the rest of the people in the law department there you're going to get a high rate of, of return on the connections that you have. And that can be a good thing, because I think that sometimes lawyers say, I want to use LinkedIn to build business, and how can I reach out to people who are potential customers? We've always felt that LinkedIn is great for building out your referral network. So you want to be connected to these people. You can say, oh, I know someone here, or I can ask this person who they know there. Are like I, I I'm working on something and I need to talk to a lawyer at Microsoft. Well, here's a friend of mine who's connected to somebody there. I can use that person as the go-between. So my next question is based on cache of expertise. So obviously, you know, legal uh, lawyers like to write, and so I think one of the things that sets lawyers apart, especially in our world, uh, which is a media world, uh, Legal Talk Network, is writing. And so uh, people post articles all the time or they'll reshare an article all the time. So I want to get to that. You know, what is the best way? I, I, this is something my account's not very successful with. I don't do it that often. I need to do it more. I'm trying. Uh, but just run out of hours in the day. But I recognize it's very important. So I want to throw that to you guys. What is a good post and how? what's the most effective way to reach out to people to share it? Absolutely. So one of the fundamental questions is who's reading that post? And I think a data point for the audience here is that over 88% of Fortune 1000 GCs are on LinkedIn. So I'll let you digest that, right? Now, That's a big number. <laughs> it's a big number, right? Now, let's talk through the type of content that these GCs are interested in. Your ability to identify industry trends, your ability to identify technology trends, and speak to that from a legal practitioner's perspective, certainly without giving legal advice, really resonates with this kind of group and those group of stakeholders. And for me, there's, there's sort of two things that you can do. So one is, I think it's called articles, one is updates. So the updates are where you link to something that you find useful to the people, to your network. So it's not original to you, um, and then you can do likes, and you do comments, and you can do that in a way that you do in other social media. But you have like a, a, a much better audience, a higher quality audience for that, and that can be really interesting. And you're, to that network, you're just giving value. So you're not taking your, your giver. The articles thing is really interesting because you can take either repurpose content or do original articles, put them in there, they live for a while. And, and Chuki, I think for me, the great thing is that you get these great analytics on those articles uh, and that can be really helpful. Yeah, and some of those analytics would include, you know, who from XYZ Industries is actually checking out your profile or you had four viewers of your profile from ABC Company. It becomes really powerful, and in many ways, it informs your outreach strategy. And then something else to call out, too, is the ability to really take content that's already on your law firm website or your company website and just reshare that content on LinkedIn. 
it, it takes absolutely no effort, just a matter of a couple of clicks. And in many ways, that content lives forever on the platform. It becomes an inbound channel for you for marketing purposes, for client engagement purposes. And you can also do some testing. So you can say, we'll put out this article and you think it's gonna get a lot of engagement, or if it doesn't, you say, I would just put out this checklist. So there's a lot of lawyers that found it to their surprise, like a simple checklist will get the most traffic you know, from the earliest days of web pages. So you could say, I notice when I do this thing or this type of headline or this type of content, I get great analytics uh, or get great results. But when I do something that I think is cool, it's like a dud. And so, so you get some, some feedback, so that can be really helpful. So priming the pump is going to be the title of my next question here. And so uh, I learned this from David Latt from Above the Law. I was actually at a Clio Cloud conference, and he was talking about the ways that he built up his Twitter platform. And I think it's a very similar strategy in LinkedIn. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, so I do make a point you know, about once a week, it, no matter how busy I am, I try to do 20 or 30 minutes. It's usually kind of off hours time. Uh, like I said, sitting in bed, better than counting sheep tennis. Uh, <laughs> I try to share other people's contributions to the space. And I do, I try it. And I... And, when I do that, my one rule that I don't break is I read the article. Some of those are long articles, so I may have to skim a little bit. I cheat a little bit, mm -hmm. but not too much. I <laughs> make sure that at least I've seen it, but I want to I see it, and then I try to make a comment. You know, and I think that's meaningful, and I try to do that as honestly as I can. And it doesn't take a lot. I, I've noticed there's a lot of return on that. And eventually, you know, those same people come back and share your updates and your posts and things like that. So I just wanted to leave that as an open-ended question to, to you guys. No, I think the way your approach is perfect because uh, when on the updates and the articles, I think of this, if I like something that's like, I acknowledge this, I, you know, I, I want to people know about this, I like this person, that sort of thing. But it probably, it doesn't necessarily mean I read the article. But if I read the article... Dennis Kenny, you don't read the article? <laughs> I skim it, right? Sometimes you do, sometimes sometimes you just trust people that they're doing good stuff. So wait, Dennis Kenny, are you on the record right now telling me you don't read LinkedIn for the articles? Uh, interesting question. I see where you're going with it, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to change the subject. So, uh, uh, But no, I, I think that when you comment, there is an expectation that you read, unless you sort of say, like, great job or something like that. You sort of expect that somebody has read it. Or I might comment and go, like, my friend, blah, 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 always writes great things, and you signal to people. But so there is this thing, lawyers tend to overdo it on social media, go, like, if a retweet is not an endorsement, a like is not do that. an endorsement. And you're like, no, it's just a, you're just I saying, don't want to get fried by the trolls. I it's don't just want an acknowledgement. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm just saying, this is interesting. I might disagree with everything in the article, but this is interesting and it's worth considering. Absolutely. So, and know. one of the powerful things that you can do without specifically endorsing the article, or, you know, let's say you haven't read the article, is to ask a question in the comment section. Just pose a question. By posing a question in many ways, it actually, and we've done research on this from a LinkedIn perspective, it does elevate the eyeballs on your comment. People are interested to see why a Dennis Kennedy would ask this question, much more than Dennis saying, great article. That's a good point. Right. Good point. Yeah, and, and you never know what to expect. I mean, I, I think that I've learned that putting a, a picture into an article or doing a picture in, a, in an update is generally gives you a, a higher return. Like I did this thing on LinkedIn recently where uh, the new book came out and I just took a picture of the box of the books that were sent to me and I posted on LinkedIn and I said, uh, just that moment when you feel like the book is actually done. 
Oh, I remember and, that. Yeah, that and, I did uh, like that. And that's all I said. Yeah. You know, not like, hey, buy my book or anything like that. Because I was just so grateful the book was, was finally done. And when last I checked, like, the, the response is amazing. And so it's like uh, over, it's four, over 4,500 views and 200 likes and about 25 comments. And all I did was uh, just posted a photo of the box of books arriving. But people asked me how to get it. People asked, you know, said they'd like to review it. And it's just kind of an interesting result. Like, so I, being on LinkedIn so long, I'm always, I always say I'm running science experiments, but, uh, uh, which may be a good transition for Chuki because there are some, when you go to the premium accounts, there's actually some of the things I've been doing as experiments that are now building tools. Absolutely. So a couple of things, right? Um, on the premium side, and Dennis, you and I, we talked about this earlier, the ability to send more messages when you don't have contact information. Right, so Lawrence, you know, think of some of the use cases that you call out. Like you've identified a company that you want to build out a better relationship with. You know just one person at that company and you're not connected to some of the other individuals that you want to be connected to. You can actually send them a message using a premium subscription. Oh, wow, okay. So yeah, I'm just using the way. free. So the, the premium, I mean, if you're in business and your business is context and developing context, you really need to be doing the premium version. So I, I am such a complete idiot when it comes to the premium version of LinkedIn. How well, much is it, by the way? There are several. There, there are several, several different levels of premium? There are several different levels. Uh, one of the things that is I'll Is there one that will make me a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> you know, not when you're you know, sitting by the bedside. I mean. Right, right, right. <laughs> Wait, this is recorded by lunchtime, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're getting yeah. hungry. So, yeah. But, but what, tell me about the different uh, tiers of, uh, of premium. So... Fundamentally, it's best to think of LinkedIn as having four different business units. You know, you have the sales solutions business, the talent solutions business, the marketing solutions business, and then the learning solutions business. When you think of LinkedIn for business development, it's best to think of it from a sales and marketing perspective. So within those two divisions, there are a number of subscriptions that you can get that are individual level subscriptions, also company-wide or firm-wide level subscriptions. And I would highly recommend taking a look first at some of the free trials. So Lawrence, your audience can actually get free trials of a number of these subscriptions. To Dennis's point, to run that science experiment and see what would be best for you. And some of those free trials are about 30 days. Yeah, so it, like the, the inexpensive one that I have, uh, there's a couple things that I find really useful. Like it, if somebody views your profile, you can see all the people who view it. And that's another strategy for you. So if somebody views your profile, if you hit them with a connection request, assuming you're, they're interested in them, that your return, your conversion is going to be very high on that. Uh, so it's another way to engage, and especially if you're trying to build. So sometimes, um, and I, I've written about this before, but if you're looking for a new job or you maybe move to a new city or something, you may have the need to like add a lot of targeted connections really quickly. And that's where the things like the LinkedIn recommendations suggest who you would like or doing strategic things of building out, like doing a geographic search and say, I want to find... Uh, people in those areas. And there is a premium account that gets really granular on, on that. So Absolutely. for certain campaigns, you would want to do that. Yeah, you know, a couple of the value propositions with premium is you get expanded network access. So it's going beyond your personal first degree connections. You can actually see into your second, third, and beyond uh, in degree of connections. So Dennis, the use case that you called out, you know, you have an opportunity in Dallas, you know, you don't have any connections in Dallas. You can actually, with a premium subscription, run a couple of searches and get access to all the key contacts in Dallas that you want to engage with. So you get that expanded network access. You also get expanded messaging. 
as Lawrence, you and I talked about, the ability to message someone without having an email address becomes really powerful. Well, we are way out of time. I let this one run into overtime because you, I love LinkedIn. Because you can't stop talking about LinkedIn. You've been I talking to me it. the whole show about it. <laughs> yes, I know, I know. So I just want to have one more question for you guys. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some follow-ups. There's so much to this and, you know, a great digital engagement strategy, whether you're a law firm or a media company or whatever, you know, getting the word out there. So contact information, I want to leave that with the listeners. Uh, let's start with uh, Dennis Kennedy. So I'm Dennis Kennedy. I'm easy to, to find because I'm co-host of the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network. So you can always find me there. I'm at DennisKennedy.com and have been since, I don't know, probably for 20 years or so. Well, let's hit that book one more time because I think whether you're an attorney, a barista, or a rogue federal agent, you should be reading Dennis's book. <laughs> so Allison Shields and I wrote the book. It's called LinkedIn in One Hour for Lawyers. And if you want people to speak on LinkedIn, Allison is totally amazing. And she has typically has more availability than I do. And I can guarantee anybody listening to this podcast knows that Chuki would be a great person to get to come in and talk to you about uh, LinkedIn. Well, let's close it out with Chuki then. Thank you. Yeah, Chuki Obio, you can find me, lo and behold, on LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> uh, in addition to that, uh, I want to let you know that I am the hardest working man for you. What does that mean? That means any question is fair game. To Lawrence's point, feel free to follow up. I can answer questions um, as a postscript. And I'm happy to help in any way that you deem necessary. Thank you. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode, but I want to thank our guests for joining us and our listeners for tuning in. And if you like what you heard today, please find us and rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.